0: Hello, Acapella Radio and welcome to Tacapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Alicia Edwards and joining me as always is my good friend.
1: Brian Alexander.
0: Brian, how are you today?
1: I am doing pretty well. How about yourself, Alicia? How's everything going for you?
0: You know, things would be better if I didn't have to replace some things on my car, which is Ooh, coming up, but it's okay. It's I mean, it's not gonna break the bank, but it's just, I would rather spend that money on something more fun. So
1: now are we talking, you know, like replace like an air freshener, or are we talking like tires here? What, what's going on? What's We're situation? talking
0: like tires and brake pads. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I've, I've been there. That's yeah. not fun at
0: all. Fortunately, like I said, it's not gonna break the bank. We mm-hmm. got some money and savings. Oh, nice. So that'll help. It
1: makes life easier. Help pay
0: for some of that. Yeah. So we'll see. For sure. Yeah. How are you?
1: You know what? I, I'm doing Fairly well, you know. I can't complain. I don't have any, you know, car issues, so that That's always good. makes life a little bit better.
0: I mean, my car is going to last forever. I'm going to drive it into the right. ground. Hey,
1: I, I am. I'm with you because I. My maintenance stuff I have on. a Honda, and like those things last for like 20 years, basically. So I have
0: a Toyota. Okay. You know, we're we're so almost there. there. We're almost
1: there. There I'm, you go. I like it. Like there you
0: it. go. Toyotas last even longer. <laughs> from what? Well,
1: okay. Ever. I didn't know this was a competition <laughs> here. I thought we were working together here, and then you, the competition. Ryan,
0: if you know anything about me. Mm-hmm. You you know it's always a competition
1: (laughs) i should have realized that you're right it's coming back to me it's coming back to me (laughs) so alicia who do we have the pleasure of speaking
0: we have three members of the sing toronto festival we have Suba Shankaran, Dylan, who's an Artistic Director, Dylan Bell, who's also an Artistic Director, and David Lane, who's an Operations Director and a member of duwinday Welcome to the show, how are you all doing today? Thank you
2: so much, great and thanks.
1: Doing, doing well. Awesome, it's so great to have you all on the show. I, I feel like every time I'm learning a little bit more about the acapella community, there's something that just jumps at me, there's like seeing Toronto, seeing Toronto, I'm just like, man, okay, we gotta figure out what's going on with this festival, because well, I hear it like all the time.
0: Well, and I feel like in general, the acapella community is always going to be bigger than you think Ooh, it is. That's a
1: good point. Yeah. So how's everything going in, in Canada? Is Oh, maybe I should back up a little bit. Are you all based in Canada? We're yeah. all based Canada.
2: in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And things are going pretty well, I would say. All things considered, right. of course. As
1: best as they can be. Co- yeah.
2: Cosmically speaking.
1: Yeah, I yeah. the time, over the
3: past year, there's an asterisk with when you say how things mm-hmm. are going. It's got an asterisk next to it.
1: It's always Absolutely. a loaded question. How are you know? things
2: going, <laughs> pandemic aside? Yeah. That's
4: right. Exactly.
2: What is the world, pandemic aside? You know? Regular right. good is right.
4: pandemic awesome? Is that what people have
1: been saying? That's right. Ooh, that's, uh, oh, I haven't heard that yet. Okay. I like it.
2: That's new. I'm going
0: to add that to my daily, I was going to L- say vocabulary. Lexicon. Old
1: lexicon. There you go. Oh, that's a Much good word. Better. I like
0: mm-hmm. that. I'm going to add that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about you guys. Can you each share with us briefly your background in music? as well as some details about the role that you play with the Sing Toronto team.
4: I'll go first. Okay. So my name is Dylan Bell. I've been singing acapella music since I was in high school and started directing acapella groups around the same time. I was for many years a member of Cadence and had the opportunity to tour around North America and tour around the world with Cadence after my time with Cadence. Actually, before that, I was involved in a collegiate group called Weeby, which is nice. called Weeby Jazz and back in our yes. day. Suba and I were actually both directors of Weeby that went on from We. Two cadence went on from Cadence to our own group which is called free play which is an acapella live looping duo we've been taking that one all over the world the last uh, year obviously accepted and that sort of explains who i've been in the acapella world i have a parallel career as a freelance keyboard player bass player and occasional guitarist and percussionist wow. and uh, do a bunch of that stuff when i'm not singing
1: that is so awesome and can i throw <laughs> off that i always have to point out when we have a connection to our guest i love it that we've had a previous we be member on the show, Philip Torinueva. Oh,
4: Philip, yeah. yeah. We know You Philip. all know Philip? Okay, yeah. so I don't even have to explain. It's, it's
1: great. I love the connection. we be yeah. a
4: family. And so, they're a couple of generations back down from us. So, back when they had their 30th anniversary, Suba and I, when performed as, as guest performers, Really, got
1: to know all the youngins. Wow. wow. That is incredible. I'm so, awesome. so jealous of that the history and the relationship that you guys have formed. It's awesome. How about you, Suba?
2: I grew up in a musical family. My father is a master drummer of an instrument called the Muradangam, which is a barrel shaped drum from South India. He's one of the leading exponents of that instrument. And so I've kind of had one foot in the East and one foot in the West my entire life, even though I was born and raised in Toronto. I've been singing all my life, doing drumming and vocal percussion as well from that style, embracing all different styles of music. I went to an art school in high school, and I too started doing all things acapella there, including conducting large choirs and arranging and composing for choirs. And as Dylan said, we were co-directors of We Be Jazzin the Winters College Killer Chorus. We had a very lame name for that group back in the day. Oh, it
4: was the 90s. Come on. There you go.
2: Exactly. And that's actually how our friendship and being colleagues together turned into a relationship. And so the beauty of this difficult time in everyone's lives is that we're bubbled together as our free play duo. And so we've had the opportunity to do a bunch of live stream concerts recently. I eat, sleep and breathe music. I teach at Humber college here in Toronto in the vocal jazz department. I do a lot of solo work as well, a lot of arranging, conducting of a community choir as well. And then of course, uh, co-artistic director of Sing.
1: That is awesome. I feel like I'm going to be throwing out this term jealous a lot, but just hearing that you guys have been bubbled together and still get to create music. And I know that's been killing us as like musicians. So like we can't gather and you guys are doing it. It's so awesome.
2: Oh, we feel so lucky. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh.
4: We've actually (laughs) been able to do, we were doing a weekly live stream concert we did 44 concerts every Friday we call it free play Fridays at four and so we were still able to keep our performance chops up we kept working on new repertoire and we've just been realizing how incredibly fortunate we've been in we've been to be able to do it yeah
0: I'm in a post-collegiate group and we had our first rehearsal in person in over a year whoa wow it was rough (laughs) (laughs) emotional outpouring I'm sure I was gonna say in all the ways that you can imagine
1: it was rough (laughs) it's like you have to like kind of re-socialize yourself with everything I'm like I feel like my social skills have dipped a bit cuz I haven't seen people in like a year and I'm just like I always start a conversation like I apologize if I act weird I haven't been around people like in a year
0: I don't even apologize for that (laughs) I'm just I'm just awkward
1: attest to that so David please share with us yeah
3: okay I grew up playing saxophone and uh, a little bit of drums in high school and then joined the choir because they needed a drummer and I was like I don't know singing's not really my thing but I'll play drums for the jazz choir and then the teacher was like hey you got a low voice we could use you in the choir I was like eh, nah I don't think so (laughs) and then eventually towards the end of high school I ended up joining the choir I went to the school for music vocations in Creston Iowa which was founded by Phil Matson. who who was a kind of a forefather in the in the vocal jazz world. And then I completed my degree back in Canada on the East Coast. I did a, a jazz performance degree in voice and piano, and then I did a music education degree. And towards the end of that degree, I joined the New York City-based group Duende as their bass singer in 2000. 13 and then i moved to toronto and i was singing with duende and decided i wasn't ready to be a full-time high school music teacher yet i wanted because i (laughs) got a taste for the performing i was like actually i think i like this I'm i'm gonna do this and i had met cadence years earlier when they performed at my university on the east coast and i also knew of them from high school, listen to their albums a lot. Speaking of small connections and connections in the world. And it just so happened that when I moved to Toronto, I got back in touch with them. I was like, hey, if you guys ever need a bass sub, I'm here, so I can do that. And they are like, actually you were looking for a baritone right now. Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, I think so. You
0: sound so sure of yourself. (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I figured out how to do it. They are like, have you done the instrument imitation? I had done like some beatboxing, but I was like, sure, I can sound like a trombone and then like (laughs) go later that night on youtube how to sound like trombone right (laughs) i ended up singing full-time with cadence and duende for eight years seven or eight years with cadence until we recently decided to call it quits over the last year after 22 years of cadence history but i'm still with duende and then most recently came on as the operations director for the sing festival So I've been enjoying working with Dylan and Suba and the rest of the team there. And we've got the festival coming up right away.
1: That's awesome. And I have a question, just because I'm learning so much about you all, you all come from a, a, you have this background with music and you have so much experience with instruments. And for me, this isn't really a challenge because I don't really play instruments. I can pluck out notes on the piano, but is it hard balancing that desire to want to do acapella stuff versus utilize instruments or involve instruments in your performance? Is that ever a challenge for you guys?
3: Well, for me personally, I really enjoy having a variety of things on the go. I think it's probably the same for Dylan and Subo. I really like having the the diversity in what I do. So, I love even in my two a cappella groups, right? In Duende, Duende is very different from Cadence. In Duende, I was singing bass lines just learning the chords to songs and making up my own bass lines, base, essentially. And then, and then in cadence, it was very much like fully notated and singing baritone, singing leads and stuff like that. Okay. So even within the acapella there, I was doing different things. But then on top of that, I, I always liked playing, I played like keyboard in funk bands and I just love, love having different experiences in music. So I just like to try to do as much as I can. And it's a very different experience, like sitting up and playing keyboard versus singing but I love all of
0: it. Now I gotta ask, do you still play the saxophone?
3: You know, no, I don't. (laughs) But I will say, there was maybe like... Three or four years back on a Cadence tour, we had like a weekend booked at a cabin. And one of the guys was like, you know what? I think I'm going to rent a guitar for the weekend. And then someone else was like, oh, well, then maybe I'll rent like a portable keyboard for the weekend. And the bass singer plays trombone. So he was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to rent a trombone. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to rent a saxophone. I haven't haven't played saxophone in like 10 years. But I remember, you know, you remember the fingerings and everything Mm -hmm. like that? I could still honk out some things, but yeah. I haven't played
0: it. I feel ya. Yeah. I know how to play the violin, mm-hmm. but and I still have my violin, but if I take it out to try to play it, it's like screeching, right. <laughs> so it stays away most days. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I want to kind of jump into to Sing Toronto a little bit, just because we have the event coming up uh, soon here. And one of the really awesome things about Sing Toronto is that you all are celebrating your 10-year anniversary, which is impressive for any kind of festival or music event for something to have such longevity. Just going into this 10-year anniversary, what does all of this mean to you all? Did you ever think that the festival would see as much success and interest as it's currently seeing?
4: I think it's all... Been a very pleasant surprise for us that it's gone this long. Suba and I jumped in sort of about five years into the festival, so it was already up and running. But the people who founded it—they often said, you know, they just got together, they put some money on the table, and they said, "We'll be glad if we can make this run for a year." And that was ten years ago. So I think we're all a little bit stunned that it's still going. We managed to actually win a Festivals and Events Ontario award for the ability to pivot to do the online festival. So we seem to have enough creativity and (laughs) enough ingenuity to figure out how to keep the thing going. And then hopefully even to make it thrive when times are tough. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think the diversity in programming has been a huge boon for the festival as well, where it's not just sort of that recital style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to sing for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had all sorts of <laughs> awesome collaborations between tap dancers and beatboxers and songs and stories merged together. Mm-hmm.
4: Storytellers uh, and acapella uh, of it, artists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, wow. We had a, a couple of times something called Art Battle, which was a competitive painting competition what? which was done with acapella music as the backdrop so the painters were singing to the music and the music of course was inspired by the painting so we do a lot of
1: cross collaboration to make things interesting that sounds so amazing i need to attend it, one of those awesome. yes
2: definitely <laughs> yeah we're also lucky of course here in canada that we have a lot of arts funding mm-hmm. that's available to us and so the sing festival has had a lot of support from the different granting bodies so that's really helped keep keep the festival not just afloat but to really thrive as well.
1: Yeah, and that's something I've I've been noticing. The more I talk to people that are that the more we do the show and we learn about all the events and the different groups and the relationships they have with, you know, communities out there. I'm just recognizing that, man, and and this is kind of a slight knock at the US here, but everywhere else seems to kind of do a little bit more in terms of support, in terms of these diversified type events and things like that. Not saying that we don't get support for the arts and things like that here, but I don't know if I was to pitch a seeing Toronto necessarily or a seeing Texas to someone that we get the backing that we need to really (laughs) drive it through. You guys are seeing.
2: I agree. You know, because we've toured the world many times over we mm-hmm. get to kind of take tabs on how are they dealing with the arts here are they getting enough funding and that sort of thing mm-hmm.
4: how do they make it work yeah,
2: yeah exactly so maybe it means you guys have to be a little more creative I'm not sure
1: but yeah. we feel really lucky that is awesome and David how long have you been a, a member of the Sing Toronto team I, I don't know if I caught that
3: well I'm pretty recent addition I mean I'm no stranger to the Sing Festival because Cadence is <laughs> based in Toronto and so Cadence has had obviously a long-standing relationship with the festival with uh, with Dylan being a former cadence member as the artistic director and before him it was Aaron Jensen who is also a former cadence member so there's a strong relationship between cadence and the festival so i had been to the festival as a performer many times maybe five years or so with cadence and so i've seen all the events i've been a part of a lot of them i know a lot of the people here but in terms of the operations director and actually coming on as a team member as part of the festival this is just from the start of march so a couple of oh, months oh. brought on board to try to make the festival <laughs> happen this
1: year. So yeah.
0: you're brand spanking new. Yeah.
3: And he's rocking it. <laughs> totally. yeah, oh, <laughs> <That's laughs> awesome.
1: So, so I like that we have this balance of the, the different time frames that people have been a part of this festival. And you know, Alicia and I, I, will, I don't have much experience to sing Toronto. I, I know of it, but I'm curious, just since I know that we're gonna get some, probably some varied opinions here, but just over this past decade and whether you've been a member of the team or you've been an attendee, or even as you're in your current, state. What changes have you all seen since the beginning that you're just like, man, that's been one of my favorite things about the event, just because we know in a 10 year span, you can see something just really grow and evolve into something you probably never expected. Is there anything that stands out as you're thinking back over your time with the the event that's like, man, that's something that we got right or that seeing Toronto has been rocking and rolling with?
2: For me, one of the most amazing events that happened was a couple of years ago with our mass. choir where, and it was actually uh, Kurt Sampson from Cadence and Cadence who were a part of that event and it brought together all ages, all abilities people who were just individual singers, shower singers car singers, people who were in established choirs, people who were in professional groups. We brought them all together where they basically spent the entire day together working on the repertoire that they then performed that night in concert. And you got to see people kind of like a, a mentor that was happening right there in the rehearsal and even in the concert and just this beautiful sense of support and to me that really showed the passing of the torch whenever, wherever but you got to see it start there the, the embers were flickering right there
4: and it's sort of spoken to a gradual shift of or the Sing Festival is going from a sort of traditional we hire artists and then the audience comes and watches to being a more involved and participatory festival where we're inviting everybody who has a a voice to come in and take a part of it well something that's happened this year is as we've sort of taken that idea since we couldn't do a mass choir this year for obvious reasons what we realize is that is you know the joy of of doing things online means that you can find and bring in people who you normally couldn't bring in so we have a couple of shows called Akanite in Canada Ooh. which is a bit of a play on Hockey Night in Canada <laughs> which is our version of Monday Night Football <laughs> okay. so we got Aka Night in Canada happening and what oh, we're wonderful. doing is that. we're bringing in groups from all over the country from as far east is Prince Edward Island as far north as Music from Nunavut and as far west as the west coast of BC. We've got 20 odd groups that are being programmed over two nights where we wouldn't get to showcase them in a normal year but this year we get to involve choirs from all across Canada. We're really excited about that.
1: So there is this really this wonderful balance of highlighting the professionals as well as maybe the up and coming artists at the end of the day with Sing Toronto is what I'm hearing. Yeah. That's really cool because like you all said I, I don't know if you get really get that from your typical festival, you know, you go and you enjoy and you you watch and be entertained and the really cool festivals are the ones where you're it's very immersive as you're saying. So
4: That's it. We've had the good fortune of since we traveled all over the world and performed at a lot of vocal festivals all over the world of saying, "What are they doing? What can we take? What do we want to do differently?" So if you take a look at a lot of the festivals that are sort of set up as competitions Plus master classes, plus one headliner. We said, well, that's lovely, but there's enough festivals doing that. What can we do differently? And, you know, other ones that are just artists and people coming to watch them, like a traditional folk festival or a jazz festival, how can we get more singers involved? So we're looking all over the world and trying to incorporate the best and then add in things that maybe haven't been done in the same way before. That's a great that's tip. I think
0: that's fascinating. So, Dylan, you kind of touched on this a little bit. You're talking about there were painters or artists on stage and they were painting and all of the acapella was incorporated. So I, I want to read something from your website. It says, our curated concerts reach beyond traditional formats to include film, dance, and visual arts. I was going to ask if that was in addition to the acapella or if it was incorporated somehow, which you have already answered. But I imagine you've seen your fair share of creativity. What you shared earlier was just one example. So can you share with us some other acts or performances that have stood out to you over the years that have incorporated other types of arts?
4: We have something in Canada called the National Film. Film board And the National Film Board is like a national archive of films, often short films, often animated films that have been sort of commissioned by the government over the years. Some of them are sort of deep in the cultural DNA of Canada. And they're wonderful things. And so quite a few years ago, we did something called NFB Sings. And the great thing about these films is that they're public domain. So our former director, Aaron Jensen, created a program whereby each group would be given a film to work with, and they had to create a score for the film. And that might have been... <laughs> with Existing mm. repertoire, or in the case of some groups that have a strong improvisatory element, they were able to improvise a score to go along with the film and they created this live. So people would see the film up on screen and then these people creating a live looping thing or a live um, soundtrack accompaniment. And for so example,
0: was it, it a Always a cappella.
4: So the music okay. part was always a cappella. Okay. And so when Suba and I were involved, that there's this beautiful film that was just two dancers that it's are called
2: Pas de Deux.
4: It's gorgeous okay. and it's done with all these lovely visual delays and things like that and trails and echoes and because we're live looping artists it was perfect for our style of music to create something that showed combining recombining mm-hmm. layering and looping it was really exciting and
2: that was something that you two did
4: that was something that we got to be involved in as artists
2: as performers oh, okay. yeah okay. so we weren't artistic directors at that, at that time but we've been involved in the festival since its inception so okay. in those first five years we were performing as our free play duo we also sing in a, a sort of a close harmony jazz quartet called Hampton Avenue and uh, also in an all 80s a cappella group called Retrocity. Smart spelled kind like Retro music. City. I like it. Oh and mine too, yeah. <laughs> we did an event
4: with them called Retro OK. Oh yeah. And so it was basically live karaoke with an acapella backing band. And so Retrocity was the backing band. We told everybody what our repertoire list was, and it's pretty mm-hmm. long. We had lyric sheets, and people were invited to come up. We did this in a club, and people were invited to come up it was curated and they were able to become lead soloists with the backing band it wow. was really really exciting that for all so of our people fun. and we had some fun guests we had the swingles come and crash our party oh, wow. and yeah. so we had a couple of the swingles coming up and singing with us it yeah. was just so much fun an acapella nerds
3: dream of they love going out to karaoke in front of <laughs> everyone and then having like, it uh-huh. be an Wait. actual
1: acapella group behind them <laughs> uh, I,
0: say, I love acapella I love karaoke yeah. that's just <laughs> that's a, you're right I'm like, I'm ready yeah.
1: to move to Canada after hearing all of this. Yeah. Not
0: just Canada, Toronto. To, oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. We'd <laughs> love to have
1: it. That. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I I mean, there's so much more I want to know. But unfortunately, we do have to take a quick commercial break. But don't go anywhere because we'll be right back on Talkpella.
3: Justin Glodich has done a lot in music, directed a collegiate group, performed on a reality TV show, and now he's in the classroom as a music educator, and he's got a show all about it. Aka Education focuses on how to bring contemporary Capella into music classrooms and you can hear it right here thursdays at 7 p.m east 4 p.m west and again on rebroadcast sundays at 8 a.m and 8 p.m east 5 a.m and 5 p.m west it's also part of the acaville podcast network at podcast.acaville.org
1: and welcome back to Tacapella. And thanks for joining us back on the show. We've been speaking with Suba, Dylan, and David. They are team members of Sing Toronto, which is an amazing acapella and vocal arts festival that happens up in, in Canada. And we spent the first part of the show just really learning about the background in music as well as just getting into the ins and outs of Sing Toronto since it's celebrating its 10 year anniversary, which is incredible. And so we're gonna continue that conversation with such an amazing event that seems like it has so many moving parts David I'm just curious as the operations director here what's it like wrangling all of this together and working with the various team members here to just put on such an incredible event
3: well it's definitely a juggling act and uh, you know especially this year I mean the the festival did pivot last year to be uh, digital slash hybrid some pre-recorded material and stuff like that and now that they've got we've got that one under our belt. There's a little bit established, but it's still a lot of kind of new territory and and having to juggle things last minute a little bit, switching up some certain programming and stuff like that. But we've actually we've brought on a a couple other members as as a new team. So we also have two other team members with us as a one of them in development and education to start working on an educational program and one of them sort of in strategic planning. And so it's been nice that i'm not the only new one on the block there's the three of us who are kind of getting <laughs> like baptism by fire i guess or thrown into it because it is kind of tricky coming on two months ahead of a festival but it's nice having them there with me and then dylan and Suba have been amazing to work with they're all pros at this festival so they know they know everything and then also uh pat one of the founders has, has been very helpful she really knows the festival because it's her baby from way back so it's been nice working with all of them and then also getting to talk to the artists a lot of them i already know from being on that side of things and so getting to kind of talk to them from this position and organize things it's been nice
1: yeah it always feels like to me that the vocal arts community has that connection like where everyone just like as you're saying they already feel like they know each other and it probably is because they've already worked together for sure even if they didn't know it (laughs) right and so it sounds like everything has been pretty cohesive were there any major challenges or kind of worries or concerns for from you all going into this year, you know, coming off of the, the year that was 2020 is the best way to put it. Was Was there <laughs> any thing that you were like, man, we got to. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Voldemort. It shall not be named. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what was that like getting ready for 2021 after 2020?
3: Part of the puzzle piece has been the sort of shifting regulations government regulations not knowing exactly what we're going to be able to pull off initially we did want to try to have some live elements to the festival eventually that turned into well maybe we can at least get some local artists into a venue to shoot some footage to like pre-record some live concerts and then in Toronto things have been locked down we're not even able to do that so then it was just just constantly being flexible and ready to, to pivot to different things. A lot of our artists, you know, we've got four international headliners, and it's like, there's different regulations in all of those countries. So we're trying to keeping the communication lines open, like, are you guys going to be okay to get this material to us? Like, what are you able to to get to us and all that kind of stuff. So just being able to to be flexible, that, that's been one of the challenges, just like constantly moving targets.
2: I think you covered a lot of it. I, what I'd say is, I think we been thinking in terms of plan A, plan B, and possibly plan C. constantly rolling in this way to say, if we're allowed to do this, then we can take this path. It's sort of a choose your own adventure, really, in the end. And uh, in our case, it's basically, yeah, it's stay-at-home orders. So now everything has to be virtual. And so I'm glad in a way that we planned that a few months in advance so that we could really prepare for what that meant in terms of the technical direction of what needs to happen at this year's festival. And we also had a little bit of practice with last year's festival
1: right yeah and we've had a few guests on who they've put on virtual events throughout 2020 and they're still performing now and they've been sharing their experiences with it which of course seems like a challenge just because you worry with music you worry about the connection you worry about is everything being received the way that it should be at the end of the day so was that a concern at all being able to connect with the attendees especially since the I think the thing great thing about acapella festivals there's a lot of education going on as you guys are discussing here do you worry about everything being received properly as people are watching things from a virtual format
4: I think what we've learned is what we can expect in this format so I think the the most important thing for us was recognizing that it's apples and oranges you can't create a virtual festival and expect it to be the same as a live festival there's all sorts of trade-offs that go with that but there's also some opportunities that come out of that and I think if you have the right mindset you can look at the opportunities and a case in point for us is that we started taking a look and saying who are the groups we would love to have at our festival but we can't afford to bring them in halfway across the world. Now we can't because there is no travel. There is no other way of doing it. So we got in touch with a group of some friends of ours from Taiwan called the Okai Singers. We never would have been able to fly them over otherwise. And now we can't. We've got vocal sampling coming in from Cuba, who we've attempted to have at the festival before. We've got Rioton from Finland, who we've had before. We've got Impact, who we've always wanted to have in our festival, but hadn't yet been able to make it happen. This was the year we were able to make it happen. So we sort of say, try not to pretend like it's... It's an in-person festival. Recognize it for what it is and exploit the positives that come from that as much as possible.
3: Yeah, when else would we have been able to have four big international headliners <laughs> yeah. in the exactly. same year? I would also like to add to that, the in terms of the audience engagement, one thing we are doing this year is we're having what's called an Afterglow event. So we are going to have a Zoom hang, basically, after oh, each nice. concert that is open to the attendees of the festival. Mm-hmm. There will be artists, at least one representative, if not everyone in the group, present at the Afterglow so the audience can get to meet them, equivalent to coming out to the lobby after a show and hanging out, right? So they'll get to chat to the artists, maybe ask them a few questions and meet the other attendees. So we're finding other ways to try to like foster that connection that is like so important in the acapella community in particular.
4: And that's one thing we we really needed to keep from an in-person festival. Having had a virtual festival already, it would be such a weird experience to see a great concert and then, well, bye. And then it's just me and my laptop. I can't can't talk to anybody about the show and talk about how awesome (laughs) it was and have that recognition that the show lasts longer than the last note that gets sung. And so the idea of having these Zoom afterglows sort of came out of that necessity. And like you said, that's where you get reminded that the real thing about the a cappella community and the music that gets made is the connection.
1: Yeah, and that's something I I didn't even think about because so much of the experience of going to like a concert or live event is the other elements that happen outside of just being entertained. It's hanging out with people, especially at a cappella events. I can remember so many times I went to an event and I'd hang out for like an hour with the, you know, either the performers or other fans there and that's something like, yeah, it's it's so different than as you're saying shutting the computer and like, okay, I guess I'll go into the living room now and or go back into the bedroom. And so. <laughs>
0: well, I feel yeah. like you've done all that you can and more to really enrich the experience of your participants. And it definitely contributes to your success. And yeah. I'm a huge nerd. So I love data and metrics and analytics. And I know that you all have an exit survey from last year's festival. So even with all of the changes, all of the flexibility, you I mean, for me, I would think, well, if we had like a 75% satisfaction, that's probably pretty successful. You had a satisfaction rating of 99 wow i don't even think i knew that (laughs) you didn't know that well (laughs) surprise i'm just curious as to what kind of feedback you received from those exit surveys that maybe you kind of took and implemented into this next year's festival, I know or into that. the upcoming festival.
2: So I know that one of the things that came out of some of the comments was how we were giving workshops, how we were conducting workshops, and the ones that were more interactive, again, speaking of connectivity and this sense of, of an acapella village, that was first and foremost. And so any of those workshops that didn't quite hit the mark, we knew this year to to kind of filter it so that we had maximum audience engagement. So I know that that was one of the the big aspects. And we do have eight workshops that we're giving, as well as three business workshops as well.
0: I think that's really cool that it's not just the performance side, but also the business side, or I mean, buzzword for David, the operations side of things, (laughs) like what you can do on both ends to make sure you are successful so with that i know Suba and dylan you're going to be leading a panel this year on how to survive in the music business can you give us just a little bit of a taste like a preview of what we can expect as well as some insight on what those looking for a career in acapella music can do to be successful? and if i
1: can add on to that i also after Suba and dylan goes i would also love to hear david's thoughts as well just being a part of a group such as duende who you know does acapella Professionally I, I would love to hear From all three of you On this one
4: Absolutely Well talking about The How to Survive What we thought was Well we have our own Personal experiences But we wanted to get A panel of people From various different Aspects of the music business Who might be able To talk about that So for example One of our panelists Will be Andrew Kessler From, from <laughs> Accent Who is a combination Of a cappella singer Studio engineer Making making his go at it In LA We have Amanda From Acaville Of course Who's going oh, to be okay. um, Talking about The entrepreneurial side and uh, she's done such a great job of building community and doing things that are in addition to being a performer but also the business side of stuff and we've got a good friend of ours Lisa Patterson who sang with us in Weeby Jazz and way 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 back in the day who's made a name for herself not only as a producer but specifically as a producer who likes to mentor female producers and female artists so somebody who is looking out for a particular demographic and can talk to that particular side of things so we're trying to build sort of a multifaceted approach to that, I'd say.
2: And I think we're going to basically keep it as sort of a, a round robin where everybody gets a chance to give their expertise and their experiences. And for us, it has a lot to do with versatility and the fact that we are multi-instrumentalists as well as a cappella artists. We are educators. We are adjudicators. We're workshop leaders. Now we're
1: video editors. Video <laughs> editors,
2: exactly. <laughs> you know, talking about how to navigate into the online world and to be able to really present yourself in a way that's still quite high fi And, you know, I think we're going to go from the more practical aspects into the more philosophical, right down to it takes practice, practice, practice. And, be a nice person uh, be that people want to hire. Be a good person. <laughs> Yeah. you never know where your next connection yeah. is coming from and oh, totally. that is to me that's actually i know we're going to talk about advice later but that for me is is number one <laughs> More than that was be
1: one. My nice i love suba that you touched on this course kind of also touching on the philosophical side because i think it would be just so easy just to be like okay we're going to bring in somebody a, a business professional you know who might not have as much experience in acapella or whatever but they have experience in the music industry which is great and all but as you're saying you want this to be relatable Day.
2: that's it yeah well, what's yeah what is the heartbeat of what you're doing right
1: right right and and I'm curious also maybe switching a little, a little bit over to David what can you share with our listeners in terms of as we're discussing the panel that and Dillon are going to be hosting here about a career in acapella what have you discovered from your time in being like in a professional group
3: well let me just say first because I feel obligated as the operations director to let everyone know that these three business seminars that we're talking about are free to attend mm. so this one survival in the music business we have one on self-promotion and another one called show me the money which is about finding the granting (laughs) crowdfunding like patreon and kickstarter and things like that to fund your projects we're gonna have a representative from patreon on to talk about it and hopefully a little bit of a panel discussion but i mean dylan and suba took all the good ones which is you know diversify diversify yourself like expand your abilities in in as many areas as you can and i think you know the three of us are a testament to that. We're we're doing administration for a festival. We're we're learning new skills along the way, and yeah, learn learn how to play an instrument. You know, learn how to play piano. Then you can then you can teach lessons. Maybe you could do a gig. Maybe you could write music for a choir. And so you know, there's kind of this like stigma out there that there aren't jobs to be found in music. Why don't you become a dentist? Or your parents don't want you to be an artist. <laughs> but it, it, it's not true. There is work to be found. You just need to not be single focused. You need to spread out. and then the other thing I would say is to not be afraid to say no to things so even if you don't Like when we were talking about my experience joining Cadence earlier, if you don't know how to do something, say yes to it and then figure it out. Go on YouTube, (laughs) watch a tutorial, ask friends that you have in the industry who know how to do something. But say yes to opportunities that come your way and you never know, they might lead to something else down the road. Yeah,
0: I think that that mindset of the say yes and figure it out is really crucial to, I, I mean, I imagine at least the success of... Sing Toronto, you were talking about how you had to make all these adjustments and Supa, you were talking about plan A, plan B. Well, if this happens, here's how we'll adjust. I think that our fear is what cripples us, really, as performers and I mean in general like and anyone in their career so I I think that's hitting it spot on yeah
1: and to tie in a little bit also what David was talking about there's kind of being the stigma around administrative work I think that there's so much more that like acapella can offer people than they're realizing just because I think when you go from a, at least in my experience when you go from a collegiate group to after that you're just like okay what can I do to keep performing or what can I do to keep being on a stage but at the end of the day as, as we're learning from you all there's so much that can be Done behind the scenes that can be just as effective, if not even more, in terms of inspiring the next generation of artists or fans. At the end of the day, so I think that we really do need to branch out and say, "Hey, if we want to be a part of this community, how can we get down and dirty and get the work done to really create something that has this lasting impact?" Such as Sing Toronto. Well, yeah. and
0: I think it doesn't matter how good of a performer you are, if the logistics and the operations aren't managed well, it's it's gonna stifle you
1: yeah that's a good point so we got a few more minutes here but i, I do want to also make sure because part of the show we also love just dis- discovering more about our individual guests and the different projects they have going on and one of the really cool projects that i'm super excited to talk about because we hardly get to talk about this is this idea of live looping which is something that Dylan and <laughs> suba do with their talented and eclectic band called free play which is you know it's a vocal band and they incorporate live looping in terms of performance Performances. And so you all will be performing at this year's event, correct? I had that right. That's right. Awesome. So I find it like interesting. This, it's this juxtaposition between like your affinity for like more classical, a little bit like older style music, but then you're also infusing this use of modern looping tech, which is also like so fascinating. So I think many, when we start discussing and hearing about looping, we think of artists that cover EDM, more pop music, things that just heavy beats and all this production. So, my first question like, what inspired you all to just use more classical? Classical music. With looping, why not these more, I guess, modern styles of music?
4: I guess the thing about uh, there's, we love all styles of music and so a lot of what we do is the modern stuff or it is uh, older pop or older rock but then we've taken things like medieval music and used live looping or renaissance music because we love it all and because we've studied a lot of these kinds of music mm-hmm. and we are just so curious about it. The great thing about the voice is that it's the connector to all musical styles. All musical styles generally have some sort of vocal component or can be done with a voice. So why not do them all? So a show of ours might have medieval music, it might have Brazilian samba, it might have Bollywood, it might have jazz, it might have R&B. And so we just find a way of getting that all into one place because it's the music we love to make.
2: Yeah. And because we both came from acapella backgrounds, singing in various choirs, we wanted to get that sound with the, just the two of us. So how can we multiply the these two voices so that we can add multiple? harmonies, multiple rhythms, some soundscape, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we've been basically trying to explore that to wherever our imagination takes us.
1: So, how difficult was it to pick up like a loop station? I've always been curious because I've never had the chance to really play around with one. Is it as difficult as I'm thinking it is?
4: It's basically, it's an instrument. And so, if you imagine that you want to pick up a new instrument learn how to play it, that's how you would approach a loop station.
2: A new instrument and learning a new language at the same time. Uh, That's right. So
4: A lot of people, I think they sort of figure, well, it's like if I'm a guitar player and I add a distortion pedal to my guitar, well, I just have to play guitar and I've got a new sound. And they think, well, all I have to do is add a loop station then I can somehow magically do new things. But it is an instrument and it takes time to learn how to practice, 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 practice.
2: And then we have to create the arrangements and we create it, we have to memorize it, Mm -hmm. and then we have to execute it with absolute precision in terms of time and tuning. Otherwise you're going to hear a mistake a thousand <laughs> <and comes> over.
0: <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so but yes, really, Brian, it is as
4: difficult okay. as you think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Really, There's the short you answer. You yeah. start small. You <laughs> can yeah. start with something as simple as, as a cheap looping app on your phone, get used to the idea of how to jam out a couple of ideas and then build. So we've been doing this for well over 10 years now. And we started with a loop station that we ran with our feet. And then eventually the ideas we had outgrew the technology that we had. And we started using Ableton Live, which gave us these the, the sort of infinite abilities to add add layer, add effects, automate things, go far beyond what we would be able to do by pushing buttons. And it's sort of the the sky's the limit when you get to that point.
1: So how do you think, and I'm I'm curious if you've given a, Uh, thought to this but how do you think free play style just kind of contributes to the modern acapella scene because as you all are saying there's so much variety in what you're doing you all like to really explore these different kind of styles of music how do you think that really contributes to everything that's going on in the community
2: that's a good question I think part of it is in the delivery the fact that we are just two people so there's an intimate quality to it there's something that feels almost conversational and it's raw and it's honest and it's organic and I think that is Something that keeps it accessible and it keeps it relevant as well. So it's sort of a I, I'm taking a little sidestep to answering your question, but I feel like that's the advantage of a group like Free Play, where we're so connected, and I, I feel like that comes across when we're performing together and being storytellers through song. I
4: think being able to see potential in what two voices are capable of with the mm-hmm. technology. So the thing that tends to happen is people are not expecting the depth and breadth and the complexity of the sound that comes out of the two of us, not only just in terms of a single song, but also across a particular concert where what we're bringing is if we go to an acapella festival and a 19-year-old acapella kid gets to hear something that was 400 years old being done with technology or something from another part of the world, like a piece of Bollywood music that they have heard on the radio, but they never thought could be. Done with voices. So we're trying to sort of bring as much of the world to the stage when we're there and then show that just two people can do it.
1: I really love hearing that. I, I think that's gonna give a lot of artists out there, especially young ones, just the confidence to really try something that they maybe weren't thinking that they were capable of. So this is just wonderful to hear.
0: I'm totally gonna go download a looping app on my phone. <laughs> yeah,
2: Go
1: for it, Right? <laughs> I just it.
0: think it could be really fun <laughs> to mess around with.
1: <laughs> and then if I can transition just over to David here. So with Duende, we know that you all just recently won a Cara, which is yeah. super exciting. You know, how does yeah, all of Awesome. All of that, Phil, we know. I've been a big follower of Duende for a while and now that you guys are really ramping up the original music as of lately and you have so many projects going on. What's that been like?
3: Yeah, it's exciting. We're going strong for sure. We've been meeting twice a week. Actually, we've been meeting three times a week. We've been meeting Mondays and Thursdays during the day to discuss business things. And then we realized after doing that, like we started this during the pandemic and we realized after doing that for a while that we were never... We were so focused on the business side of things. We were never getting to the music. So we added late Thursday nights. We all meet online. I'm going to be doing that after this call. And we have like a brainstorming creative session. So like we don't bring any business to these Thursday nights. We just come together. We write music. And yeah, we've been working on this uh, new original album that's going to be coming out in the next year that we're really excited about. We've released a few few tracks from it already on YouTube with, with music videos and stuff but we're adding more things to it and it's just been constantly evolving along the way and we're really excited about that it's anyone who knows like the origins of duende knows that duende started with all original music which is you know something of an anomaly in the in the acapella community they mm-hmm. started with a lot of original music and then they kind of transitioned into being the michael jackson acapella group <laughs> because they decided they were going to do a full album and just put it on youtube great and that's, album. When it, that's when things really took off for the group and those early michael jackson videos went viral but now we're kind of we're kind of ready to like to get back to the original stuff and it kind of feels like things have sort of come full circle there and this incarnation of Duende is very different from the original incarnation of Duende and we're trying to really carve out our niche in the acapella world with this new album
1: yeah and I can't wait to hear the new album and I said it earlier in the show and just listening to Dylan Suba and David here I'm jealous. I'm just jealous <laughs> of the talent, the abilities, and the projects that you guys are working on. But I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And with that, we do have to take one more quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because we are going to have a lot of fun with this last segment. We have some rapid fire and some advice for our guests tonight. So you are you are definitely going to want to hear that right here on Acapella.
2: Want to learn from
0: the best? You should check out Acapella Masterclass, where professionals at the top of their field show you how they became the best and how you can too. Learn from award-winning experts like Kristen Dennehy, Lisa Forgish, Trin Fris Roundsfeld, Aaron Jensen, Blake Lewis, and more. We discuss topics like arranging, barbershop, beatboxing, composition, looping, social change, and things of the like. Go to acapellamasterclass.com to learn all the details. Acaville helping you be the best acapella musician you can be. Thanks for sticking with us. We are here for our final segment of Ta-Capella with David, Dylan, and Suba from Sing Toronto. And we're going to start off this segment with one of my favorite Parts of Tonka mostly because I just like to embarrass you. That's a testament <laughs> to what kind of person it, it I am. It says
1: a lot. It <laughs> says a lot.
0: We will be asking the three of you 10 questions rapid fire. Some of them are fun, some of them are informational, and some of them are just embarrassing. Oh. So, are you ready?
1: Let's do this.
0: Perfect. Question number one What is the best restaurant in Toronto?
4: Good heavens. Just to jump in, I've, I've got a favorite sushi place called Wow Sushi. It's a tiny, tiny little little place it's crowded and it has 15 people it has the best lunchtime deal best sushi amazing place
3: I, I there's a place near me called roti cuisine of india that is the best roti i have found in the city and it is so delicious
2: one of my favorite places is called tacos El asador and oh, also uh, it close is to me. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. I love that place.
1: Yeah, yeah so brilliant good. food. I love how we got three very different styles, so I'm going to take those names yes, down for do when it. I That's think. Toronto. That's yeah. That is food,
4: Toronto.
0: So if, I, so if I visit Toronto, I'm just going to like hit up all yeah, three. Yeah, it Nice. All right,
1: next question. If I'm visiting Toronto, what is the one thing I must do before I leave? Go to Toronto. Go Toron- to Hyde Park. Oh, oh.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Mine is going to be go to Toronto Island. Oh, oh, a lot of people good. don't even know that there's a Toronto Island before they come here, but there's an island... Lake Ontario really feels more like an ocean when you're standing next to it. It's such a huge lake. And there's an island that you can reach by. It's, you know, like a 10-minute ferry ride. And the middle part of it is very touristy. It's like people on uh, quadricycle bikes and fountains and hedge maze and stuff. But there's (laughs) other parts of the island that if you have a bike, you can go explore. And it's like, yeah, you can find it's like you can find beaches where there aren't really many people, which is crazy for, for a big city. It's like it's nice. And it really feels like when you're on the other side of the island, it really feels like you're not in the city anymore. So I love okay. that as, as one of my escapes.
4: Great. Nice. And how about you, Dylan? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Just to go somewhere different, I'm going to say hit a local brew pub. Okay. We've got some okay. great locals in our area. There's a great I'm place right F. downtown. If you're downtown doing all the tourist stuff, go to say what. That's where we did our retro okay in the basement there. That's great. Okay. 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 It's delicious. It's awesome.
0: Question number three. Cats or
2: dogs? <laughs> Neither. Not
4: <None I'm, laughs> of the above.
2: I'm allergic to most. <laughs> oh, man. Oh no. oh, no. Yeah. And afraid also of dogs. Oh, Understandable. Okay
1: okay fair enough all right next question would you rather lose your voice or your ability to hear
2: god
4: (laughs) (laughs) i'd rather lose my voice because i play instruments
1: oh that's fair okay yeah voice i think
2: i'd rather lose my voice yeah
1: wow (laughs) all the singers say lose their voice Is interesting
2: yeah apple or android
1: apple Apple. Apple. Alright. I know I'm like I'm an Android person, but okay, we'll take that. What's your favorite genre of music to listen to? It's like asking
4: a parent what's your favorite child? <laughs> I
2: know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Terrible question to ask music.
2: Today it's funk.
3: Yeah, it really changes depending on the day. I like yeah. the stuff that's coming out recently that's like has like eighties synth sounds, but it's like mm. modern day electronic. I like stuff that mixes that.
4: I'm going to say 1970s name a different country funk, Brazilian funk, African funk, Turkish funk. There's some really cool ass stuff out there. I'm going to have to check that
2: out. Oh, it's so great.
0: Oh, Brian, this question. Mm -hmm. Would you rather be able to fly at a speed of one mile per hour or be able to teleport only three feet away?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: I'm going to do the slow flying. I'm
2: also going to go <laughs> slow flying.
4: All right. <laughs> I'll go
1: a Very specific question. <laughs> I'll do the teleport. You're teleporting. Oh, okay. okay we got, we got a little divide here. Interesting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we'll see you in a little while yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: I, I, I can see benefits to both. This is interesting. So great. All right. Name one movie that always gets you choked up Shawshank Redemption.
2: Oh, Awakenings. I haven't
1: heard of that. Uh,
2: Awakenings? uh, Yeah, it's Robert De Niro and uh, Robin Williams. What? And I spend about the last 45 minutes of the movie crying, and then past the credits, and then another 45 minutes or so just (laughs) sobbing, sob, heaving, sobbing tears. Big fat
3: tears, yep. The Iron Giant. Now the good choice.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I haven't
0: seen that. That's like nostalgia for me. Oh wow. Childhood.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It'll It'll get you crying, yeah.
0: All right. Question number nine. Fill in the blank. Happiness
2: is blank.
3: Outdoors.
2: Okay. Oh, that's good. Being in front of a warm fire.
3: A state of mind. Oh
2: You're so we're deep. Getting, this
0: is where we're getting like philosophical. I love these like, answers. Right. See, Toronto has kind of ventured into.
1: No, this is great. <laughs> All right, final question. You're stranded on a deserted island for a week. What's the one item from the outside world you're making sure comes with you?
2: Coffee. Not that it's gonna last.
3: <laughs> Coffee's good. I gotta pick one thing. Probably it. Well, is there electricity on that? Uh, melodica.
4: Oh, okay. nice one. If nice. I don't have
3: electricity for my keyboard. My answer Simba. similar. I'm going to say an acoustic guitar.
0: All right.
1: Great answers here. Awesome, that was wonderful. I enjoyed that round of rapid fires. That was great. I could tell some of the questions are just like, "Why are they asking us this?" So, in particular,
0: the question (laughs) you (laughs) wrote.
1: Hey, this is supposed to be a team effort, Alicia. Thank you guys so much for that. I had a great time, and now to wrap up the show, we always love to ask our guests to leave our listeners with something that they can walk away with, something that just inspires them. And so, we're going to pose this question to our guests today. If you could offer our listeners some advice, what would you say?
3: Well, I'll take, I'll go first so that you guys can't use the one that I use. Sue already mentioned this earlier, but in terms of your music career, I think to be kind to people. And I think being kind is different than being nice. It's authentic, whereas being nice can be faked, I think, but... Be kind to people because you never know where, where, I mean, not because it's a good thing to do, but also because it's a small community. As we've learned, there's so many connections in the acapella community, in in the music community, and uh, you never know like where the next connection is going to come from, what things are going to lead to. So you want to be someone that people want to work with and they want to call you up because you're a kind person and you're fun to be around. So be kind when you go to a sound check, bring beer for the sound engine. And- engineer and then your show is gonna sound amazing. <laughs> They're not gonna be <laughs>
0: As long as as long as they don't crack that right.
3: don't right. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm gonna say not just practicing, not just practice, practice, practice as a rule to get better at what you love. Presumably, but not worrying about being perfect, not worrying about being too precious. There's something to be said for the raw honesty of just being you and inviting people into your playground as an artist and offer what you want to do and just do it honestly do it truthfully make sure that it's about the expression and not trying to impress or not the impression that you want to leave but the expression that you want to give that's true to yourself
4: I think the things I'm going to throw in are going to be variations on themes of what's been said here. The straight-up professional advice, show up on time, know what you're doing, be a person that people want to work with. In the overall artistic sense also, people will not remember the notes you sang. They will remember how they felt after they worked with you, after they heard you, after they experienced you. That's the impression that's going to be taken away. And that's, as Suba said, expression rather than impression. As an artist, I think it's your job to make the art you want to make rather than trying to make the art you think people want made. Because what will come out of you will be sincere it will be honest and it will be you and that means by definition it will be unique and it will give something special for people to check out
1: I love it such wonderful advice from all three of you guys thank you so very much if our listeners wanted to learn more about Sing Toronto learn more about you all's individuals projects or groups where could they go for Sing you
2: can go to www.singtoronto.com that's the website you can also find the festival on the socials Facebook Twitter Instagram David, you'll have to correct me if I can't remember other things. Are, we have a YouTube channel. Yeah. And for me, you can find me at subashankaran.com. That's my website. But you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, though I'm not very good at being there. <laughs> and you can find my bands as well. That's Freeplay and Otto Rickshaw as well, my Indian jazz fusion band.
4: I'll add to that. My own personal website's dylanbell.ca. You can find me on the socials. Come say hi, be a friend. Taking a back to the sing festival may 27th through june 6th and again at singtorado.com
3: i'll add to that festival plug and just uh, say again we've got those three free music business seminars we have another free event that is a, a documentary of the the 10-year history of the festival and then the rest of the events are dirt cheap for for students and artwork arts workers they're 50 percent off so it's five bucks for most events 750 for the big I mean, seven fifty for a double international headliner mm. show. Like, it's, you know, come come check it out. That's a still. Uh, that is a still. <laughs> no excuse. And then come find us on the socials, uh, facebook.com slash Duende, youtube.com slash Duende Music, Instagram. Yeah, so you can check out our, our uh, the most recent singles, uh, music videos that we've put up on YouTube. We also recently uh, kind of revamped our Patreon, so we've got a lot of stuff happening on there. We decided to do just one tier. It's five bucks, and you get everything instead of all the separated tiers we just want everyone to come join us be a part of the crew and we've got some exciting stuff planned with more original music
1: coming out sounds great and i completely forgot to ask can you share with our listeners what are the dates of sing toronto may 27th through june 6th awesome thank you
4: and we're setting it up so the after that if you can't watch all the shows during that time we also should mention that there is an all access pass if you're an arts worker it's 25 bucks for 11 days of programming. If you can't make everything and you want to get yourself a pass, everything stays on demand until June 30th.
1: There's really no reason not to sign up for this. Come say, can on. Can you
0: define what an yeah. arts worker is? I would call
3: individual. y'all arts workers. Okay. <laughs> it's honor system. It's, it's all up there.
0: <laughs> and looked I went and looked to like see the prices because when I was prepping for today, I was like, "This is just super cool! I really want to do this." But I love Dylan that you mentioned that everything's going to be on demand for at least a little while because I probably won't be able to participate and watch things live. Right.
3: But well, we, we, we should yeah. also mention that this is the first year we're doing an inaugural collegiate competition. It's the first year oh, the festival okay. has done that. Oh, so we've got a semifinals and a finals. We've got three celebrity judges. We've got a prize and everything like that. So this is the first year, but we're hoping to, to grow that into the future as well.
1: Yeah, this is exciting. Be sure, listeners, go check out this festival. Man, there's so much to be learned, so much to be entertained by, so much just to just explore and experience. So uh, we will be checking that out for sure. Alicia, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go?
0: You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is e.squared1989. How about you, As Brian? always, check
1: me out on Twitter at the Brian, Alex, Brian with an I. Be sure to follow Taco Twitter account, Taco two P's two L's and then check out our website at talkapella.org and as always be sure to give Aquaville Radio a follow they are the wonderful platform through which we stream through we want to thank Dylan, Suba and David so much for joining us on tonight's episode you all were incredible it's been a blast learning from you all learning about seeing Toronto and I cannot wait to see you know what the future brings for this wonderful festival so thank you guys so much for thank Thank you so much for having us us.
0: and maybe when things are back in person and live brian and i will have to come i'm, out I'm making
1: a trip i'm making Please, a trip yeah.
2: most
0: definitely
3: <laughs> you know all the restaurants and all the spots to go so
2: we'll see you on the island
1: say <laughs> <laughs> i have the whole itinerary planned it's already set to go well thank you guys so much once again and that's going to wrap up today's episode for everything else stay tuned